You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think, uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. Glad to have you back with me, Queen. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Montoya. I'm good, you know. It's Saturday morning. I'm alive. Everything's good right now. Happy to be here. Glad to have you here with us. We also have a special guest on the line, one of our newest Black Level members to the Mental Dialogue Community Club. You'll hear a little more about that later in the show, but we'll get our guests introduced to the intellectual outcasts, as we call our audience out there listening, those of you who feel like you don't quite fit in on social media because you think a little different than the rest of the world. And so glad to have all of the intellectual outcasts out there listening. Without further ado, we will introduce you to Angela Connor. Thank you, Queen, for being with us. If you will, say hello to Ashley. Hello to the intellectual outcasts. And if you will, putting you on the spot, give us a little bit of your background as it relates to this morning's discussion question before we let the cat out the bag on that question. Um, You know, make it relate. But if you will, Queen, uh, introduce yourself and thank you for being with us. Awesome. So thank you so much, Ashley Montoya, for having me here. My name is Angela, and I am the Mistress of Sexuality. I have been teaching intimacy for the last 30 years in our community. I um, teach people how to bring intimacy and sexuality and joy back into their life. I have been trained through modalities with Tantra, with the Vita Coaching Method, um, holistic nutrition, all type of natural modalities to help our people become connected in their relationships. So I'm so excited, so excited to be here with you guys today. No, I'm glad with that vast background. You absolutely fit into this this morning's discussion question, if you are a first-time listener, again, I go by the name Black Socrates, so we like to handle our questions in the Socratic method, where we try to ask all the right questions, hoping to get to some answers and some solutions. And this morning's discussion question is, good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? As you can see, we have an 
expert here, but if you will, Ashley, right before I ask to start the question the way we typically do, um, highlight a little bit of your background in reference to this area, because I did kind of pick you in particular to be a part of the show, if you will, Queen, so you have some background in this area as well, so if you will, if you don't mind, highlight a bit of your background so that people really understand they have an opportunity to ask a, a couple of our Queens some things to help them if they're in this Unfortunate, I would say unfortunate situation, a good relationship, but unfortunately the sex is bad. But if you will, Queen, give them a little bit of your background, and then we'll start the way we always start. Go ahead, Queen. Uh, yeah, so I am a pure romance consultant. Uh, I have been in that industry since about 2013, so it's like 10 years now, uh, and just like dealing with intimacy and understanding your body, adult toys, and all of that good stuff. Nah, sounds good. So it's perfect. And let me say, I don't think I ever give my background. So I think all the background I need to give for this show is, I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Hey, does that that make me a resident expert in this discussion? Actually, I would be the antithesis of this. I would probably have a, a bad relationship with great sex. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, let me stop. 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 I'm, sorry. I'm starting off on the wrong foot already, right, Ashley? All right, let's get back to our typical start. And you can uh, give, Angela, you can follow Ashley's lead. I like to start the show a real a particular way where basically all I do is when you Here's the when you heard the question worded this particular way, Ashley. What was your, if you recall, your first thought when you heard this question? Oh, I knew I knew I needed to be on the show. I had to be a part of this conversation. Like, <laughs> there's so much that doesn't get talked about in regards to intimacy and sex as it relates to relationships, as it relates to women's pleasure. Like, I had to be a part of the conversation. Now, I love it. All right. Um, if you will, Angela, I'm going to turn it over to you again. Don't go too deep because we do have to go to our first initial break. But if you could recall, Queen, you know, we talked when I found out your background. I said, you know, we got to have you on the show. And I finally came up with this show title. And I said, can you can you work it out this Saturday? And you was like, yes, I could be on the show. So when you heard this, this discussion, particularly the question worded that way, because, again, there's a lot of places this can go. But when you heard good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Do you recall your first initial thought? Uh, to that question worded that way? Yes, uh, I said bullseye because there are so many people that have this challenge. So I was so excited that you brought this conversation to the forefront. I could just, I was jumping up and down excited. Uh, I can dig it. So again, I hope people out there listening, if you will, you can actually, I always forget to say this, but you, if you're listening via the link, please share the link with others, especially for anyone that you, you know, may know and not simply may know, but the reality is, uh, in my lifetime, uh, you know, I always highlight, you know, into a degree I haven't never been married or whatever, but just in talking to couples over the years, um, and not just married couples, if you will, but I would say even in particular married couples, I've all, I hear this issue, unfortunately, quite often, at least within my lifetime, where um, this this maybe didn't always start. It didn't start out this way, if you will. I've heard of even situations where it did. It was a great relationship but the sex was bad. I've heard of that um, as well, but I've definitely heard sometimes that the the sex kind of dies down. So, Angela, if you will, as our special guest, we've got a couple of minutes before we go to our first break. But, again, you say you've been in this space for 30 years, so I can only imagine 
all of the situations and stories you've heard, and, and when you, as you said, bullseye with this question in, in itself. But I can only imagine. Uh, again, maybe it didn't start this way, but it becomes that. And you know, I would assume you've been able to help a lot of people. You know, you know, in particular with this issue. So again, a couple of minutes before break, so I'll give you a few more thoughts, and then we're going to go into a break and get hot and heavy into this discussion. But yeah, just any thoughts to how often and how much do you see and witness this? It happens frequently. And excuse me, I lost my voice this week, so hopefully you can hear me. Um, it's about time and commitment, right? We get so busy. A lot of couples get so busy in life, they forget to make time for that for that intimate space in their life. So sex becomes secondhand, even though they still desire it from each other. They just think it's not a big deal until it is a big deal. So making that time and commitment has been the hugest thing I've seen in couples um, in the judgment zone, right? So judgment they're they fear judgment from their partners because we've gotten into a routine and don't want to share anything new that they come up with in their sexuality yeah. i can only imagine <laughs> yeah and it sounds yeah. like you said to a degree um is it, it, it at least the way, the way you said it it sounds like it's almost uh it kind of happens before there's a wake-up call versus maybe catching it along the way at least at least the way i kind of heard you describe it so definitely want to kind of get into those thoughts and again with both of you kind of being in the space um hopefully people maybe you know a lot of times when i do these shows on sexuality we don't get a lot of callers a lot of times uh, <laughs> and I'm like, and the sad part about it is it kind of speaks to how this space can, is still kind of taboo and i'm pretty sure for what y'all do it's the last thing that should be taboo but you're also very aware that that's a reality so hopefully people are willing to call in and you know maybe ask y'all some questions again if you're having this issue please be willing and brave enough to call in you can call in anonymously anonymously i'll even make that i've done that before but these shows people typically just sit back and listen and hope they can pick up the gems so hopefully that's the case and hopefully we'll touch the things that people need to hear but preferably call us at 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Do you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S Kinds Accounting and Tax Services. But each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S-Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S-Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S-Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. Or email them at advice at thetaxcoach.com. Apparently, here's another pressing thing. Um, <laughs> if you're in a relationship where everything is working out except for the sex, a sex expert gave tips to the Daily Mail on when you should stay or whether you should stay or leave. If your partner is inexperienced, not good in bed, or has a different sex drive than you, try to work it out. <laughs> but if they are selfish in bed, leave them. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> Leave them. Leave but, them. But why Leave would them. you? Why would it get that far if there are all these things? Wouldn't you say this isn't going to work? We shouldn't be in a relationship. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe it was like the, the, one of the three people who virgin <laughs> a marriage right. in I mean, America. But, or no, but if, if but it was good and then got bad. But sometimes you're with somebody who has all these other qualities, and the the sex may not be as good, but the qualities of the person are extraordinary. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, you sometimes you have to. You need training. Well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I mean, you can train people yeah. and it just doesn't work. Well, I know. Then you have to say, keep training them I over Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Thought Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. Our special guest is Angela Cunt, the mistress of sexuality. This morning's discussion question, good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Let me highlight its kinds. Taxing and accounting. If you mention mental dialogue, you will receive $50 off your taxes. That queen is amazing. Um, from all the reviews I've seen, people stay with her a long time. Professional tax accountant. So please follow S. Kind Tax and Accounting at tax at um, taxadvice.com. That cut comes from The View. And we'll start with you as our special guest. Angela, when you hear that cut of them kind of, in a sense, making fun of the sex experts saying, hey, if 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 it's this situation, uh, try to work it out. If they're selfish, try to leave. And so, um, you know, that part was funny. It was the latter half that really stood out to me. Again, you can kind of speak to both parts as you may. But it was the latter half that stood out to me when they said, what about? Just like our this morning's discussion question, what about with everything else in else is in play, you know? And that's the the particular issue because I think it's very easy if the relationship's not that good and you know you're not having good sex, good you know, and the sex is bad. It's pretty easy and evident that people will you know kind of leave that situation. But like they said at the end, what if everything else is in play? I think that makes it a lot more difficult, and especially if you've gotten married and have children. So just kind of your thoughts on hearing the ladies at the view. Talk about this scenario, if you will, Queen. Absolutely. So, again, I think earlier I mentioned that that happens a lot in relationships. And communication is usually the key. Um, as we stay in relationships and we age, our sex drives ebb and flow, right? And co- having a conversation about that is the first thing. Um, typically, typically making it lighthearted, right? You can, you should be able to talk to your partner about anything, but sex is one of those things that we think a partner should just know we want and what we want and how we want it, but we forget that we aren't mind readers with each other, which is hilarious that we think our partner's just going to read our mind and know that we want to have sex today. That doesn't work that way, right? So making that space to do that and have that safe space or a, a non-judgment zone is something that's critical to having a better sex life. So when you have a good, a great relationship, and I, I challenge people to think that if you really have a great relationship, you should be able to talk about your sexuality and what your desires are. And if you can't, then there may be some other underlying issues there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so making that safe space. Can you talk to your partner and say, hey, I'm, I'm horny this week. Can we, can we get together? When was the last time you did that with your partner? Yeah, you know, yeah. So I can 
That sounds like some get some good some good straight up words right there. That might just be the <laughs> teach the whole thing. Hey, 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 hey girl, I'm going. Hey, I'm <laughs> What we gonna do about this? You feel me? Yeah, I like that. I'm still that one. Uh, you know, I gotta give me a I gotta get a situation ship first or a relationship first. Oh Lord, I'm still in that one. Hey, 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 woman, I'm going. <laughs> But women need to say that too, right? Women need to say that we, if you grew yeah. up in the South and women don't have that space. And I really would say when women get older, our sex drives increase intensely. And a lot of times we don't want our partner to think that, like, what's wrong with you? You want sex all the time, whatever. But uh, Ashley, I think you were about to say something. Women are scared to say they want sex too. Ashley, were you about to say something? No, yeah, I'm going to jump. I'm going to let her jump in. I want to kind of throw it here with, with <laughs> Ashley. Um, absolutely. I, and men, we love when y'all say that. I mean, I think, I mean, maybe there's some men that don't, but I would say, say that it ain't nothing like a woman saying, Hey, I want it. Boy, that is, boy, get, boy, boy, that thing on, that thing, that pole straight up. You feel me? But anyway, let me stop tripping a little bit here. I'm trying to have a little fun with this thing. But on a serious fun, note, yes, yeah, on a serious note, Ashley, again, I know you're in this space as well for, for a long time as well. Uh, and, you know, Angela makes a good point. Hey, open, safe, we all talk about that word now, safe space to be able to talk about it open. Yeah. However, I know of good relationships and bad sex where the discussions are had. I'm not saying they're had in the necessarily the best way, but I've definitely heard of situations where you're yeah, talking ain't the issue. They're still having bad sex. I don't know if you've heard of those situations, but, but that's a kind of a different thing because to a degree, if you're not, Whatever, because there's obviously we've talked about these kind of we've talked about sexuality on the show and sex on the show to the extent that we understand that traumas can be related and the conversations right. are not always easy sometimes when it's related to how good or bad the sex is. So those are quite understandable. And as Angela said, in those situations, if you can begin those conversations, hopefully you can remedy it, remedy it, right? However, what yeah. about the situations, and I'm pretty sure you've seen them and I've heard of them, where the conversations are being had, but the sex is still bad. Just kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, if you will, Queen. Uh, so, you know, I feel like that depends. Like, I, I think when it comes to sex, a lot of people feel like, oh, this is what I do. It works instead of approaching it. Uh, from the lens of how can I please my partner, because it really is an individual experience. Like how you experience someone is unique to you. And so if you don't give that space for y'all to show up and be willing to try things, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like for men, it's the ego. For women, there's a lot of fear and shame behind it. I think like that comes from other stuff, but you know, I don't think that there's a space for people to show up and be like, this is what I like, and then it not be judged or not be viewed some other type of way, especially, like, kind of a tangent, but, like, how a woman might, you know, level up on her skills, and then you're automatically questioning some men, not all, but, like, some men are questioning, like, where the hell did she learn that, right? And, and so it, it doesn't create a space for exploration, like, honest and true vulnerable exploration exploration where you do things wrong and you have a discussion real time or you're laughing through that. Those spaces I don't think are um, as as popular in sex as they should be. And so you just have a lot of people that are doing the same things because they think it works because it works for this one person and it's not about making it unique and exploring that journey with another person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our ego, definitely, 
can get in the way of everything you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let me, you know, let's be honest here. You know, you you already went all the way to old oh, girl kind of doing some things like, well, hey, 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 what's going on? <laughs> like, what you doing? What you doing? Who else you did that with? <laughs> right. That part right there. Yeah. So you went all the way to that end of it. But to the you know, you also pointed out, and this is definitely a reality, and I I can I'll give a, a little personal antidote here situation I definitely experienced because as you said, uh, something you may be doing or have done has worked beautifully with, you know, another mm-hmm. person or maybe even other people. Let's, you know, keep it a buck. We are in this era, right? And so you thinking you know exactly what to do, and then for them, you did, right? You really right. did know what you was doing, and that really, really worked. And I remember my early 20s, and I and I figured out exactly what you're talking about, Ashley, um, because I finally had a girlfriend, you know, be straight up honest with me about you know, mm-hmm. the so-called skills that I had been bragging about, you know, as I came on the show bragging about being a, you know, Scorpio, and I, I don't really buy into the, uh, <laughs> too, much, too much into these, uh, what, you call, what do you call these signs? Um, astrology. Yes, I don't buy too much mm-hmm. into astrology, except I do accept that we are, we rule the house of sex. Like, that's one thing that is absolutely true. And uh, let me stop. <laughs> All right, let me stop, let me stop. But anyway, you know, you know, I was feeling myself and thought I knew what the heck I was doing. And mm-hmm. as you just said, um, you know, had a couple of girlfriends that some of the things I did absolutely worked. And I definitely would take those things and apply it to the next, you know, next, you know, young lady or whatever. And I remember I had a girlfriend in college. We messed around for probably about a year, year and a half before we actually got serious with each other. And, it, you know, once we got serious, it took her maybe even six months into us, quote, unquote, being committed to each other. I don't believe in boyfriend, girlfriend, committed relationships. That's a whole nother show. So I'll get away from that now. But at that time when I – and it's not about, you know, it's just – anyway, another, another show. But as far as our situation, <laughs> we were committed to each other. But it took her knowing me almost two years, two and a half years before she was willing to share, hey, this is what you're doing. This could be a lot better. Yeah. And part of the reason, wow. yeah, the part of, part of the reason, again, we was messing around, you know, off and on for the first year. So it was like it was con- continuous, but, you know, enough, enough to have already been told this, right? But I remember saying to her, like, why are you just sharing this? And the reason I said this is because, and this is getting into the ego of us as men, the reason I, I was really saying, why are you just not sharing this? Because I was open to it, right? And she was willing yeah. to tell me. But what happened was, she says, because here, here's the thing, when I said, why are you just telling me? Because even before we were serious, I was all, I've always been very curious and whatever, you know, like, you know, even with my ego, if you will, I was always curious and love learning about the aspect of sex. I would read about it and, and this type of thing, just trying to, you know, pick up whatever, you know, I could pick up and really wanted to be, you know, a great lover, if you will. And so uh-huh. but part of that, part of me wanting to be also included me being willing to say to somebody I was with and, with, you know, even though we wasn't committed in the first year, we will get together enough where I would 
say, hey, what you like, what, you know, like ask those questions or while we were together, just mm-hmm. kind of even in the middle of it to a degree, because, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't do that in the very beginning, right? But since we were starting to be together over and over, I would try to ask those questions. And so when she finally shared it with me, I was like, why did you never tell me? I was always asking this. And this is what she wow. says, speaking to our ego. She says, she's, you know, for her, I'd always, and I, I was always honest or whatever. And she says, so as I was getting to know you, she said, I always love how honest you were or whatever. Like that was the key thing. And I love talking to you or whatever. And she said, so even though when we would get together sexually, there was this thing you loved that I didn't even really care for that much. You know, it was all these other factors similar to what today's conversation is. It's similar, all these other factors. One, partly why I dealt with you, but the reason I never told you, she was still afraid of telling me because she had never had a man keep asking, like, hey, what can I do? She like she because she had never experienced that, she didn't trust that she could tell me. Wow. Mm-hmm. It took that. Well, it took, think, go ahead, go ahead, jump in. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh some of it is like at least from a woman's perspective, I think that men take it personal and not like, oh, she's telling me these things so that she can be pleased better versus I'm not doing this right. Like that that's a real part of the conversation that gets left out because what what's happening gets trumped by that ego and it makes it hard to like push through. And and it doesn't even have to be I think like for me personally I'm I'm going to see it outside of the bedroom too. So that will either help create that that space where we can communicate or it will take from it if I see that you are taking things personally and not looking at it like objectively like this is this is what this is for. This is the end result and not like oh, I'm doing terrible at this. I'm not living up to the expectation. It's just that there are there's a better way that you can do it, and I need you to put your pride aside so that we can go through this together. Now, let me throw this out real quick, and Angela, I want you to jump in as well because I'm pretty sure you got something to say. Because here it is. Here's what I realized in hindsight. So while I was very sincere, very curious, always that kind of person, like I said, she wasn't, you know, I was, I was doing this in my teeth when I was willing to ask because that's the one thing I read, how men never ask. So I always mm-hmm. would ask, and I was very sincere. Here's what she was up against, and I get it. Like, it literally took her damn near two years to finally really answer me. I always wanted to know, am I doing this? Am I, you know, that kind of thing. Like, how, you know, how do you like it, whatever. And she would kind of just kind of, you know, give me what I wanted to hear to a degree. Because at that age, I was doing the typical bragging about how good I was. So, mm-hmm. so while, while I was so sincere, <laughs> I can now process for her, like, I know he asking, but if I tell this knucklehead this, is he really going to be okay? Now, this is how, how funny it became when she finally, one, was willing to tell me, I, I'm laughing at what, like, this, like, it was just, you know, like, this, when you put like, both the legs up on your arm, this is like, at high school, we thought this was the thing, right, or whatever, <laughs> and I'm going, you know, and I'm going at it fast and all this kind of stuff or whatever, so... When she's telling me this, she doesn't realize I don't have the ego. I'm literally laughing because, you know, this is my girl now. I'm literally laughing like, damn, I thought I was doing something. And she busts out laughing. So at that point, (laughs) it took our situation to the next level because she realized I really didn't have no ego. Actually more hurt 
that I was just now finding it out. And I end up asking her this thing right here. I go, why the hell are you mess with me? If it was so <laughs> and she literally said it was all the other stuff. Like I said, we wasn't in a relationship for the first year, but it was my personality. She uh, talk, like, like it literally made her willing to have, I'm going to call it okay sex for my ego in 2023, but be honest, it probably was pretty good. But I, I, I would think it couldn't have been bad because why she dealt with me before we became serious. <laughs> Go ahead, as we got about a minute and a half, but I'm just kind of putting my own situation out there. I've lived this out in a boyfriend-girlfriend situation early in my life due to my own ego. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, so, I, you know, you made me laugh with that. But I want to say something. So something I've told some of my clients is to role play, right? Role play sexually or role play outside. When you role play and you show someone what you want, like if you create a night and you do all the things that you desire, sometimes people will see like, oh, wow, I never thought about doing that before sexually. Or I never thought that candles would be nice or running your bath water or making dinner for you would be hot and it's a turn on. So sometimes when you flip those roles and you do, you show someone what you like, they will pick up on what, they're missing in this situation. So you don't put the ego in it, right? You can do it without bruising someone's ego. Or you can do it outside of the bedroom. Like you talked about the personality, you guys busted out laughing about something you did. Do that outside. If you imitate each other, laughter is the best way to break through those barriers. I have I've had people uh, imitate me about when I get mad about something. And I'm just like, really, that's how I act? And they were like, absolutely. So we can laugh through those ego bruising moments. I think that's one of the best ways to solve those issues. But I love that you shared that story, and I'm glad that you, you thought you were knocking it out the park, but you actually did end up knocking it out the park, right, when you guys had that conversation. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, she was a little bit of what Ashley talked about. I guess she was just uh, talking about, you know, what she knew how to do. She I, she hooked up a lot of women thereafter. I, you know, that's just keeping it in the book. You know, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you, you know, your yeah, relationships don't person. work out. But you, but you yes. set somebody else up. Yeah, she hooked up a lot of women now. Yes. So, you know what I mean with the with the game she gave me over the couple of years yes. that we ended up dating. You know, seriously for a couple of years after that, yes. whatever. So she definitely gave me the game because at that point, once she realized I was sincere and had no ego, she was willing to show me all the things I wasn't doing right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we up against the break. We'll be right back. For the callers out there, if you want to get in on this morning's discussion, you do have to press 1. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. One visit to their website, LivyBlue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Delivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at LivyBlue.com. That's L-I-B-I-B-L-U-E.com. All right, we got to talk about sex, guys. Specifically, okay. bad sex. A new survey of 2,000 adults find that bad sex can actually cause 
a breakup. No. So before we jump in, what's your take, CBL Nation? Vote now. Have you ever ended a relationship because it wasn't working out in the sack? <laughs> I don't know. I think that, you know, you assume just like quick, oh, bad sex, it's over. But I think if it's bad sex, but they cover a lot of other bases, I think a lot of people stick around. If you're like, hey, the sex isn't great, but he's a good dad, he's going to run the house, he brings home the bacon, do you want to do that or you want to go fishing out there on Tinder again and see what's cracking? I, I really think that bad sex is kind of an indication that there's a lack of connection. What is, so bad sex choose lack of connection? Yes. Yes, because it's like, first of all, you don't want to have like a manual or like be instructive about what you need. Why not? You do it with everything else in your life? Well, not like over the top, like by numbers. Yeah. We're not in a Friends episode, okay? Well, some people need that. Some people, they weren't taught about their bodies and, and they need to learn how to explore themselves. I understand themselves. that. And they can Didn't do we that just talk about sex with parties? someone else. <laughs> oh, see, now that's one because Sam yelled at me in the, in the dressing room when, I, when you said a woman's sex party uh, sex toy party was empowering, and I said, no, it's not, and you changed my mind on it. You were like, it's empowering. So why isn't, like, taking a course to be better in bed empowering? I'm just saying that if I have to explain certain things in an intimate setting, you are not the person well, for me. you can do it after. No, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I really can't. I think it's a lack of connection. So you don't think That's once you're having is. a bad... Okay. No such thing as bad sex. There we go. Yes, there is. <laughs> no, I, I, from a man's point of view... Also, From exactly. Let me tell you, they okay. horrendous. Really? Sex. Yep. <laughs> Amen, honey. Uh huh. The executive producer over there standing, praying okay. that I don't. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question: Good relationships, bad sex. How can we fix it? Our special guest is Angela Connor, the mistress of sexuality. As we hear a cut from the Daily Blast. Uh, like the highlight Libby Blue Photography. They are currently looking for high school senior models. Go to LibbyBlue.com to sign up to be a model for this excellent photography com company who turns your pictures into art for your living spaces. That cut, again, comes from the Daily Blast. Uh, the dialogue between the young lady and young man stood out to me, Ashley. Anything in particular um, that stood out to you, I would just highlight that I, I, I lean to what the man said in the sense of, you know, why not do this or whatever. And she's like, hey, you're not the one for me. I, that, that stood out to me. But what stood out to you as well, Queen? Um, so for me, a, a huge issue was her saying that um, there are certain things that you shouldn't have to tell your partner. Like for me, that's, that's a huge thing because we all have different experiences and backgrounds. And so something that might be normal for you what's normal in terms of sex. It, it makes me think of the movie Chips and they were like talking about, he, he was like, oh yeah, like um, tossing a woman's salad was like normal these days. And he was like, wait, what? And so all throughout the movie, he's asking random people, like, is this normal on a first date? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what's normal for you is not normal for someone else. And it, it could be as simple as, like, French kissing or something like that. Someone might not have that experience. And so you have to be willing to be 
a teacher for your partner because you know your body. They don't know your body. Um, so for me, like, that was a huge thing. You have to be able to say those basic things no matter how elementary it seems just because someone might not have that experience. No, it makes sense. Um, Angela, your thoughts to that cut or anything Ashley had to say? Uh, absolutely. I agree with Ashley. I think is um, we, we can't believe that people should just know what we want, right? Um, again, experiences cause us changes our perspective on many different things. And, you know, my orgasm is going to come differently than your orgasm, right? So we have to be able to share what turns us on with our partner. Uh, we just can't expect somebody to know. And then to flip side, when you, the guy said, there's no bad sex, right? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know about that one, right? For women, we always it takes us a while sometimes to get there. So bad sex can be pretty normal for us sometimes. But for yep. men, I would challenge that bad sex is if you don't have an orgasm, right? What if you can't even get erect? That would be bad sex for a man, right? So I think there are levels of bad sex that we don't touch on that 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 clip really opened up the door. So thank you for sharing that clip. Absolutely. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, you know, I think the, you know, and again, in hearing that 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 young lady speaking, I think we're all in agreement that you know her approach is not the best one. But it is prevalent, again, now getting into the difference in general, how women in general and how men in general, in a sense, may see, you know, may see sex. And the guy that got the end was being a little facetious when he was like, hey, well, you know, when it comes to men, there's no bad sex or whatever. And to a degree, because I would offer it because typically in most cases, we are, in a sense, most simpler to 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 please in general, right? Um, we typically we definitely have many, many of us climax way more than women typically climax, and so to a degree, he he's speaking to that that reality, right? And again, right. being a little facetious, right. and so right. in a sense, due to that, um, for the most part, even men, uh, those of us who've had, if you will, in our lifetime, several partners, if you will, to a degree. Um, we always remember, in a sense, the most mind-blowing and the greatest sex, if you will. Like, that's always going to be memorable for anybody that's had more than one partner, if you will. But to a degree, there are plenty of men that necessarily, uh, outside of those standouts, sex is good for them, right, in general. And so can get caught up in the aspect of never understanding how we're not can happen where we're not helping you climax. We're not helping you reach that. Or it's become so normalized that, unfortunately, a lot of men don't even think about it. And the other aspect, let's throw this out, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this, Angela, the other aspect of how it, in a sense, can be so difficult for a lot of women to have orgasm. I think it's, what, 20% of women regularly have orgasm, and the other 86 are on the whole spectrum, the other 80% are on that spectrum, and that other 80% is, is not regularly having orgasm. I think that's the number I've seen in the past, and you can obviously correct me if you know better, but again, I know the majority of women, if, at least the several surveys I've seen, do right. not regularly have orgasms. And so to a degree, since that is the norm, men ain't usually trying to figure out, well, how do I get my woman in the 20%? That that just kind of becomes a norm. So any thoughts on that, actually? Yeah, so I want to take it back to a baseline. Think about how you were taught about sex or what you were taught about sex in the very beginning. The majority of us, especially in African-American communities, 
the only thing we're taught about is birth control and, and having procreation, right? We're not really taught how to satisfy partners anywhere in our society unless it's through porn or magazines, the things that show us that we got to do all these acrobatic tricks and all this. So we're not really taught how to pleasure one another at all, which is why you start to have so much uh, influx as we get older with people being dissatisfied with sex. When you're younger, it's all about hitting most of the time, right? If you think about it, as young men, you're just trying to get it in and have an orgasm. You're not really taught how to pleasure someone. Women are taught to abstain until you get married or you find that special partner or you're ready to have a baby, whatever those situations are. So we're never really taught how to have an orgasm, which is why Mm -hmm. most women don't have orgasms or don't know how many different types of orgasms you have or the meaning behind a sexual connection or intimate connection. So first we have to understand what is an orgasm for a female or for a man and the types of orgasms you have so that women can have more orgasms and how do you make that connection real, a real connection. So if we're not taught, one, how to have one or what it's all about when you connect with a partner, we'll never get beyond the base level mm-hmm. of just procreation, right? Um and our community teaches us that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I know. Again, in my, you know, as I unfortunately had to lay out my unfortunate lack of of knowledge with my with, with my girlfriend in college. I do rec- always remember, in a sense, from that time, quite often. And actually, I want to hear your thoughts on this. But I would always, quite often, share with. You know, especially sisters I dealt with, but I would say it to I would you know to my friend girls, if you will, moving in those circles. How because as you just mentioned, Angela, when sisters in particular are not in a sense taught that aspect, right? How to pleasure um, their significant other, and even to a degree to themselves. And so, something that I would always highlight, um, and it was because for some of my own experiences that women that knew how to pleasure themselves could easily direct you. Because, again, I'm always coming in inquisitive. And, again, I was a lot more successful, which in a sense, with future women as far as them being willing to speak to me because they saw how sincere I was in wanting to understand them and know their bodies. And so what I always noticed was sisters who at least what my experience was, especially in my 20s, was um, if they were comfortable pleasuring themselves, and they could easily show me how to pleasure them. And I would also run into women who who felt like they had never had the experience of an orgasm, and they, they in a sense, loved dealing with me because I was so inquisitive, trying, in a sense, to figure them out. And I still could not always. They could not. And usually what I saw when they could not was they had a tendency to still kind of not be willing to pleasure themselves. Like that would be a difficult thing Absolutely. for them. And I would always say to them, hey, how how can I do it if you don't know yourself? So, Ashley, any thoughts on that? Because, again, I would share that with my friend, girl, you know, my friend girls and definitely sisters I dated, if you will. Um, so I feel like that's definitely foundational to it all is men or women. You know, I know we're focusing on women right now, but knowing your bodies and knowing what you enjoy. Um, but I, I think in that also comes, like, being able to still be willing to learn and experience because, again, like, 
for example, you stimulating your nipples, you doing it on yourself is going to feel different than a partner doing it. So there still has to be like an open-mindedness for the person that is receiving whatever it is to know that these things might feel differently. Like, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that your partner is not doing well. It just might be that this sensation is different than you pleasing yourself, but you absolutely have to know what you like or have an idea of the things that you want to try because it's through that exploration, it's through that doing that you actually discover what it is that you like or what you don't like. And for me personally, like, I tell people, you have to be willing to try anything once, unless it's like a hard, like, no. Like, I absolutely don't like this. It doesn't matter the partner. Great. We stay away from those things. But anything else, you should be open to try because, again, someone shows up differently. Their body is different. So you could literally hate one position with all of the partners that you had, and then you get another partner, and it's completely different. And I think that's something that a lot of women are kind of closed off in doing, in my personal experience. Like, they'll get, oh, I tried this this one time, and I didn't like it, and that was it. Like, (laughs) that's not how it works, bitch. You have to keep (laughs) trying because it could be different, and our bodies change. So in one year, in six weeks, it might be different just in that time, and you're missing out on pleasure because you're not open-minded about your own experience. Yeah, I think that's a real good point. We're up against the break. I see some other callers out there. If you want to get in, please press 1. Um, you can ask our resident experts, uh, myself included. Now, let me stop. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm done bragging for the rest of the show. I, I'm lying. I'm going to keep bragging for the rest of the show. I, I'd have made myself look foolish, so I should be able to brag the rest of the way. Is that, is that I set myself up right to do that? Now, we'll be right back. I'm listening to, listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Everybody, today we are talking about sex. That's right. Let's talk about sex, baby. I want to talk about how to spice up your sex life. Now, a lot of us have been in relationships for quite some time, but sometimes you meet someone new and it's a new relationship. And I want to talk about that taboo thing no one talks about but every girl has in their drawer, the sex toys. Question. Fellas, Ricky, how do you feel about sex toys? And do you think it's appropriate for a couple situation or is that a solo type of a situation? Hell no, she wouldn't need one if she was with me. Oh. But you, you know that they Hell do more her. than just what you could do. Huh? So sex toys, like uh, Candy Burris has this line of uh, toys called Bedroom Candy. And they're all type of things, Ricky. Like there's this little simulator that you can put downtown and you control the button. And you can push right. the button and make it arouse. Like, there are so many different uh, things you can do. Damn. 
the button. <laughs> okay. You, you're the button okay. muncher. you not and the button. And that's how most people feel, Eva. That's how most people feel. That's what I want to talk about, Brad. They, they don't like, need no help. I like, I need no help. Don't nobody need no help. I got everything. Oh, everything. Oh, oh, and I can what? do all things. <laughs> well, you have been together for 20 oh years. You're so in a monogamous trying, relationship. Trying and trying to spice, to spice it, up. it up. Yeah. Yeah. How do you introduce it without it being I mean, now, now, you know, if you want to take your old lady to, to a strip club or something like that or, or whatever, or y'all watch stuff on on your little phone or whatever, you know, that's one thing. But, yeah, I just don't need all that stuff. Yeah. What about you, Roxy? I'm so sorry. Your name crossed my head. Roxy, what about you? Don't need you nothing, honey. They, you don't, don't know that. They be working out. Long they don't know that. Whatever, they be working out, honey, baby. They be drinking green juice. Oh, they got energy over there, baby. (laughs) What you got, Rock? No, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't uh, had to pull out little extra toys as of so, uh, as as of this point in our relationship. I'm not but if she wanted to, would you feel like it was weird, or would you feel like she thought that you were inadequate? That's a good hell question, yeah, man. The man. That I, man come home and she's sitting up uh, in the bed, sitting up on a jet. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Welcome back to the <laughs> <laughs> Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Season, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Our special guest is Angela Connor, the mistress of sexuality. Uh, as you hear a cut from Ricky Spider, say, hey, yeah, she's sitting up on a jet ski. We got a problem. We got a problem. <laughs> we actually got a caller that wants to get in. Let's get to the caller before we talk about uh, men feeling inadequate when it comes to sex toys. Area code six seven eight last three three zero six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya and friends. Uh, this is uh, the calling from Atlanta. Thank you, Kate. I am having a hard time. Well, good morning. Well, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around good relationship and bad sex because to me. A good relationship equals good sex. And I do not understand how you can have a good relationship because that would say if you're having bad sex, that would suggest to me you would talk about it and you would not have an issue if uh, he or she says, well, this is not working out. And then you work towards those things. So I just don't see how those things go hand in hand. And by the way, I want to add something because uh, the, I want to just let it be known that the best lovers are Virgos. Scorpions are just all. <laughs> 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 hey, Michelle, hey, we're going to cut the show off if you come on here with this madness. We, don't, we do not, you know, we accept all opinions except for that. You feel me? Like, we, we seven and a half years in of accepting every opinion on this show, but that one right there. <laughs> we're in the whole entire show. You know, like, don't come in here. We rule the house of sex. You need to go look your signs up, brother. We rule it. If we rule it, how are you going to be above us? <laughs> hey, just, let's I get that straight before we talk about any of this stuff this man talking about. Nah, let me let me throw this out to you, Tennessee, because I get, I get that. And I will say, um, I personally have had that sentiment. Personally meaning... Um, and 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 when I put the question out this week on Facebook, I may bring some of those comments to the t- to the table the next um, here in the next hour. But you know, people that feel as you, 
and again, I get it, there's this idea that this has to go hand in hand, and I respect it. In other words, it ends up being a requirement, and it's relatively necessary to, in a sense, have good sex. But I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, Tennyson, but I talked about, and I know of these scenarios where it's be it's beyond even having the discussion where there's still issues beyond talking about it and quote unquote getting it right. However, I I know of a couple of personal situations where um, we're talking about actually married, and as and and as I came to know the situation, I'm like, wow, this brother is a wonderful husband, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what her dilemma was. Like this dude is wonderful. I feel foolish for struggling with this issue and considering getting out. She actually stayed. I don't know if the sex ever improved, you know, just from in against, you know, just kind of hearing that it was an issue, right? But I've definitely, but she's not the only person I've heard like that. I've definitely heard, and I've heard it vice versa. I've heard it where a man said, my wife is a, I, I, I would think of the, the man situation I know about. This man's, well, this, Go go ahead, Tennyson. Please jump in. Go ahead, brother. Well, well, Montoya, that kind of sounds to me like someone is hiding something. Either one person may be asexual or autosexual, or one of those fall into one of those categories that they're not letting the other person know about, and they're suppressing a lot of feelings or a lot of thoughts centered around things that I like and things that I don't like. So I, I just having a hard time feeling that you can have two people who have this openness, this beautiful relationship. And I think sometimes people don't really understand what it means to have a, a good relationship. I mean, a good mm. relationship is really being authentic and saying, this is who I am. I may like to be spanked, and I'm going to let my husband know, even if he or she, he doesn't like it or she doesn't like it, you're going to let the person know, right? And so right. I think sometimes people suppress their, their true feelings. But they are able to express themselves in other ways, and they're thinking they have a good relationship. No, you are a half person coming in this relationship, and this per- the other person don't know really who you are, and they're frightened. You, you, you may be frightened by your own sexuality or your own feeling towards certain type of sex, and I think that's where the confusion comes in. I'm not disagreeing with you, and I'm going to let the experts kind of jump on here. I'm just kind of getting playing devil's advocate. And, and, and I know this real-life situation, a real-life situation mm-hmm. where I'm literally hearing the other spouse who's not happy about the sex it, love all these other attributes. And, and, and again, mm-hmm. they're not saying the relationship is good per se, but because all the other stuff is good, that's what's making them stick it out. I would, I'll say the guy, and I want um, Angela to jump mm-hmm. in here. The guy's situation mm-hmm. was he literally, I had a friend of mine years ago who he was his, his he married his chat, um, high school sweetheart, and he literally would say, "I love everything about my wife, but I'm literally going through um, that that what was that movie Chris Rock was in about whether she would his wife wouldn't have sex with him. I forgot the name of that movie, but he literally mm-hmm. was like, when I saw that movie, that's me and my wife. She just doesn't give me enough sex. Now, unfortunately, he was stepping outside because of that, but he would literally say to us. If that was good, I wouldn't. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not trying to get into that judgment. But he loved everything about it. He's like, we're best friends. But that, and it's, and it's, it's what you're saying to this, and I get that maybe she's holding back to a degree, but I'm highlighting that he loved his wife and thought the world of her outside of that major issue. Go ahead, Angela. 
Wow. So, again, like you just said, I think a lot of times when people get married younger, um, we have different sex drives, right? And as we get older, we think some of those desires we have are going to go away. A lot of times they don't, and we don't know how to share that with our partner. It's a fear factor, right? We don't want to mess up a happy home because I'm not getting enough sex. That seems kind of selfish in our in our society. So I don't want to put any extra burdens on my partner because I'm not really feeling satisfied sexually because everything else is perfect. But at the end of the day, you're doing more damage to your relationship if you don't speak up because your partner may be thinking they're doing everything amazingly well and giving it, giving it all they got, and you realize that, no, this is not working for me. But that's also why people tend to have infidelity, right? That's why they step outside of the marriage because they don't want to talk to their partner. Excuse me, my voice. But um, I think it's a, it's a fear factor that we have in relationships to talk about that we like to get spanked. But you have to create that space um, in the beginning of your relationship. It can be done throughout, but realizing that our sexuality changes. Ten years ago, I may not have been sexually attracted to women, but now I might be sexually attracted to women. Maybe it was something I suppressed. Maybe I didn't like getting spanked back in the day, but now I'm curious about what it looks like to be spanked or be dominated. Being able to open up and share what changes in our life is very hard to do as we change because we think that our partners are going to stay the same. That's something I've seen in a lot of relationships. So, excuse me, Ashley. I'm going I'm to throw it to you if you have anything. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, for me, it's like I, from a woman's perspective, it can be very difficult. And, and it is possible that, you know, you have a great relationship and the sex is just terrible. I mean, there, is, there are so many different reasons why that could happen, Um It it just exists, and there there has to be the ability to discuss it. And I think more importantly, you have to know where you stand before you even connect with someone, so that you are having honest dialogue around what it is that you want, what it is that you need right now before you get to this place where you think that sex isn't that important and you can kind of deal with this. And then you look up and it's it's not something that you can deal with, right? You have to determine how important is sex to me in my life, in my relationship, and find someone that is compatible. Uh, and, and unfortunately, like, that just does not happen in sex that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, Tennyson, to your point, man, I, and, again, I wasn't even – I wasn't – it wasn't a full pushback. It was just exploring, you know, hearing these – situations where someone's like, I love all these other things. And to your point, the reason they're even expressing it outside of their relationship, because typically, you know, you want to keep issues inside, you know, if possible, inside of your marriage. The only reason I know about it as a friend is because, to your point, that was the part that was not making a good relationship. But I do know in a couple of these situations, the conversations were at least being had uh, or, or in that situation with the guy he was constantly trying to have the conversation about can we have more sex, and it's, she just did not have that drive. We got about a minute for a break, brother. I definitely could keep you on if you want, but I'll give you a last thought before we go to the top of the hour break. Well, uh, what I want to add to that, and, and, and no, I'm not, uh, I, I get your point, uh, Montoya. Uh, I think what I want to add to this is that for, for the, anyone out there is that it, it is so important to really have that conversation 
uh, about what you, what you like, your likes, or your dislikes. And even before you have that conversation, explore your body to see, you know, do, do, you know, do I like this? You know, you know or, or not get caught up in your partner's, what your partner wants, you know, b- without having that, that, that true discussion. Because your partner may want something and it really, truly, uh, you know, it's upset you. It's upsetting to you. And so I think talking about those things is so important about a relationship when it comes to sex. It's to be able to say, this is who I am, and be comfortable with it yourself. And then it will be so much easier for you to have that conversation with your partner. I think a lot of times people are uncomfortable with themselves. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. brother. Um, do you want to stay on with us? I don't mind keeping you on if you have time. Sure. After you, brother. Okay, cool. I'll keep you on after the break. Um, anybody else out there, if you want to get in, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Richard, do you think perhaps you work too much? Oh, no, no, no. I, I work too. I do, but I come home from work, and I have to take care of the kids, and I have to take care of you. And frankly, I'm tired. I'm tired. Too tired to wear a nice pair of panties? What's wrong with my panties? They're huge. You know, the biggest thing on a pair of panties should be the tag. That's all I want to see. Tag and ass. Tag and ass. You see? You see? This is what I'm talking about. You see how insensitive he is? You know, Brenda, maybe I'd be more sensitive if you'd have sex with me. It seems like the only time she wants to have sex with me is to make a baby. The only time you want to make a baby with me is to have sex. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's because I'm tired. Now we're making progress. I hated that therapist. She wasn't married and didn't have any kids. You know, when you're on a plane, you kind of want a pilot with more experience than you. Or maybe that's just me. Babe, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. I think men have this misconception that they when do. women use um, toys that it's because you don't fit the bill or you're inadequate. That's not the case. It is nah. just the cherry well, on top. 
Most women that have a man that's satisfied them, they ain't going to be thinking about no pulling out nothing else. It's, 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 we pulling hair, choking, slapping. That's the problem. But what, what about you, when you've done you that every day with our fists and everything. Oh. Change, you switch it up, you get creative. It's, exactly. You can get creative that, now. Not with, but no, 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 not with Uh-oh. that, though, Eva. Ain't no man trying okay, to, well, then how you on, switch that, Brad? But I think, Talk to me. What you mean? You just but switch I it up. Be, man, I be coming off. Brad. Role you, play, you can do whatever, but it's just between what? you and that person. I, to me, and I ain't knocking Candy's thing because people are into that, and I love the fact that she making money and all that. But <laughs> I just right. feel like yes, I just feel like you not in. If you're not into that, that's not what you're gonna do, yo. Hey, you, you get creative. You do whatever it is between the two people. <laughs> Hey Rock, tell, hey Rock, tell Eva how, how y'all be doing doing the King Kong with uh the, the, how y'all huh? be role playing, Rock. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Our special guest is Angela Connor, the mistress of sexuality. So we hear another cut from the Ricky Smiley Show. We also have on caller. Tennyson, anyone else who wants to get in, the number is 646-787-1691. We will definitely let you jump on with us. You have to press 1 to speak. As we hear that cut, I think it's very appropriate when we say good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Um, Actually, with you being a pure romance um, 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 in that industry, in a sense, what, what are your thoughts when you hear them kind of going back and forth about Sex toys, if you will. You hear Ricky Smiley saying, "Hey, she don't need that," or whatever. And the other sister saying, "Hey, you know, you, you know, we can add some spice to it." And you know, some people people really feel different ways about it. But you know, what are your thoughts on the sex toys? Is it you know a solo thing, a dual thing? What are your thoughts? And you know, and how could it help maybe one of these situations um, that we're talking about today in your opinion? Uh, so I am. Pro toys. I I just think that it not only do toys like reach areas that sometimes your partner cannot reach um, when when you're talking about like G spot stimulation and things like that. There are certain things that just maybe your anatomy does not allow to happen with your partner. Um, or even when you're talking about, you know, positions, when you consider toys have the ability to go ahead and stimulate a woman's clitoris while she's receiving penetration, like these are all enhancements that will enhance the experience for both of you. Um, and, and I think, like, to me, it kind of just kind of shows sometimes how selfish guys can be in regards to sex with sex toys, um, just because, like, it you look at it like, oh, this thing is trying to replace me versus this thing is also aiding me in pleasing my partner um, so that, you know, maybe there's some extra moisture down there. You know, like she's just more aroused. She's able to, you know, take different positions and all of that because she's truly, like, relaxed and her body is, you know, just – so I I think that, you know – I'm pro-toys, and I I don't think it hurts anything. Again, I think it comes down to are you going to be curious and open-minded about what could happen? It's never going to be a replacement for the real thing, um, and that's not what it's meant to be. And, like, anyone that uses toys regularly, 
a great person that is educated or, you know, uh, practices sexual health is going to tell them, like, you have to be able to pull back on that. That's why it's important that men don't always just masturbate you because you start being desensitized to other sensations, other forms of play, and it puts you in a position where you can't even enjoy your partner, men or women. And so there has to be a healthy balance. But it's more so about the curiosity and how can we see the pleasure expand versus this thing is replacing me. That sounds good. Angela, your thoughts, Queen? Yes, yes. Um, I am definitely pro-toys. I think toys are a great enhancement, as Ashley mentioned. Um, solo as well as with a partner. Mm-hmm. And one of the yeah, one of the things I've always done is use toys as an introduction sometimes before I even have physical connection with someone. Um, Ashley, I know you know you're probably familiar with this one very well, the remote toys, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, before before I even get intimate physically with you, we might have a day where we're hanging out together and we have the toy and you have the remote. And that's a really good way to introduce it to someone who's really shy to toys, especially a male partner, and think that toys are going to take over. Um, it's almost like having a remote control car when you're a kid. I'll tell you where <laughs> you just pressing that little button all day and she's oh, like jumping. Oh, you just assume and, I don't know what you're talking about, so you're gonna have to go into details, right? You just assume I, I, I don't wasn't. Know I was just bringing you. Hold on, 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 queen, hold on, queen. I don't know what you're talking about, so please explain. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, it's a habit for me to talk to my brothers, right? I was just messing with you how you just, you just went right into my toy. Let me explain this thing to you. Because you, you was right. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So go ahead. I just had to call you out for, for busting me out. Go I'm ahead sorry. And I didn't mean it like that. I ain't even never heard of this shit. Go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't mean it like that, but um, I'm sorry. So, but, you know, having toys and playing with it throughout the day was one of the best sexual experiences I had with my partners is that they were able to play with that little remote all day and see how I responded. And then they got aroused throughout the day. So by the time we did go back to the room, we just had an amazing time. So I am so pro-toy that I think everybody should have a toy Mm -hmm. in their collection somewhere, honestly. I'm I'm, going to be quiet now. (laughs) Now, you keep talking with stuff like that. I'm, 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 my mind going crazy right now. Boy, I need a situation shit See, real fast here. I got you. I got you. Man, I, I never thought of that. Playing with it all day, Tennessee. What you think about this, this, this craziness? Play with the toy all day. See how I react. All what you think day. about all this all stuff? Day. I think the most fun thing to do with that, what she just explained, because I've seen it display before, is like you and your lady going to, like, uh, you take kids with her to a, a, rest, uh, no, a Whoa, restaurant. Oh, no, you can't be out You already know about this stuff, too? You, you making me look bad? <laughs> so, oh, okay. no, I'm the only one on here that don't know about this stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you might be. Yeah. All right, Virgos, Virgos win. I'm sorry, Scorpio, if I let y'all down. <laughs> <laughs> he went right into a scenario. Like, yeah, I already know about that. And so what I do is, okay, I see how this is going, Tennessee. Go ahead, man. But yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead, okay. you know, go ahead and tell your funky little is, story. Go ahead and tell your funky you know, little story. You know, one, one of the times, I think when I think that people, when it comes to sex, we, we, we look at sex as being serious. You know, it must be, you make it fun. And this is a good, fun way yeah. to make it, you know. She, she's walking and she's not expecting it. And you just, you know, you just hit the remote and she literally has to bend or, or, or laugh or, you know, because it's, it's just that tickling and it's just that pleasure. Yes. Um, but yes. I, I am pro-toys as well. And, and, and what men got to realize too, 
if you're doing what you're supposed to do, toys aren't going to replace you. And there are several toys out there now for, for men. I mean, one of the more popular ones is the flashlight. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you know yes. joining with women with, when they're using their toys or, you know, you can assist her and it's, it's fun. Man, what is this world coming to? I don't yes, know. Yes. I got all these flashlights and remotes and stuff. Well, dildos. I'm saying the dildos and uh, what's the other one? What, uh, the butterfly? I can't remember them. Joints. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Y'all got all, all kind of stuff out here now, boy. I don't know. I don't know what's going. Y'all going oh, it's on, all so. kind of stuff out there for men too. It yeah, is. Not, oh my gosh, those are the best. Well, I'm like Ricky Smiley. We don't need all that stuff. You just got me. Now let's. <laughs> Let me stop. Right. For all the callers out there, uh, y'all do have to press one if you want to get in like Tennyson. I hope you're hearing me clearly. A lot of times people miss that the first time they're listening to the show. You do have to press one because we do have people who listen via the phone. So if you're wanting to get in or have a question for one of our experts, please press one and we will allow you to get on the show. You mentioned this a little earlier, Angela, the idea of role play. I will say that's some, something that I haven't explored because let me, let me say this as much as I'm kind of being a little – I don't know about some of these big toys, the remote things of that nature. But for me, I know I've always been, when it came to toys, it was really, again, in order to please my significant other. If that was her thing, it was my thing. Because, again, I want to please her, uh, you know, whatever. And so it wasn't something that I'm necessarily going to introduce. But I've always thought in the event that I was fortunate enough to get married for long term, I've always said, like Ashley said in the first hour, I was going to be willing to explore anything, especially if you're the last person I'm supposed to be with and I'm going to be with, I'm willing to do damn near everything. I don't do pain. That's my that's my one no-no. I don't do the pain or whatever. I ain't, and I ain't good at giving out pain because I had a sister that, like, I wasn't even no good at it because I ain't used to it. But um, that, that ain't my style, but that's my line. But all this other stuff, yeah, I need to get some remotes. I need a situationship. I need a relationship. I need a wife. And everything, so I can try some of this stuff y'all talking about. But um, <laughs> but but if you will, Angela, talk about the role play because that's one area where I really never have explored. And I would admit, in my mind, um, that I would actually probably have more ego about how to role play. And again, I mess around with some toys here and there for my significant other, so that doesn't bother me. But I would have, I would say, more ego, but more really out of fear. Of, I don't know how I would role play and how it would feel natural. Any thoughts on that, real quick, Queen? Oh, absolutely. So role play, is, is it, ha- it covers so many gamuts, right? But it is a way to express yourself sexually where you don't feel attached to what you're doing sometimes. There's, I'm sure every person has fantasized about somebody else when they were with somebody, right? It could be a model. It could be, you know, your secret um, celebrity crush you have or whatever, and you fantasize about it. But if you take that and bring it out to the open, right, or if you had a scenario that you like, oh, I wonder what that was like if I met a stranger somewhere. And this is a popular scenario people do, right? Couples will meet up in a, in a bar somewhere, and then they go home and have sex together like they don't know each other. People love that kind of stuff, right? And if you open yourself up to talk about that with your partner, like, what's your fantasy? Um, doesn't mean you always have to do your fantasies. Like, a lot of people have a fantasy of having a, a, a triad or group sex or uh, that type of thing or trying different things. But if you talk about it and then you can kind of bring that into your into your bedroom a little bit with the conversational role play, um, it's an incredible turn on for both sexes for you and your partner. Uh, one of the most popular ones, like I said, is to meet a stranger and go up and have sex like you don't know each other. It's an amazing thing. Um, if you That's haven't tried role playing, 
you should try it for sure. No, that, I like that. That was simplified because, like, for me, like, being a character and things of that nature seems a little weird to me. But, yeah, the idea of meeting, yeah, that sounds dope as hell. So, so yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, we find my wife so we could be meeting up in bars. That might be a regular thing we do right there. We're going to pull that one off. I like that one. But, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, there's different ways to think of it because I always thought of having to get into character. And, again, if it's my wife, I'm going to try anything if she's if she's willing to. Again, a lifetime of the same. I get it. It can get redundant and, rebore, you know, and can be reborn or whatever. I think we know we might need to explore that as well. It's not always that it was that it started out as bad sex, but sometimes it can become that. So I'm pretty sure some of the stuff y'all do can help people with that. We'll be right, right back. It's about exploring. To... No, absolutely. <laughs> we'll be right back listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S. Kinds Accounting and Tax Services, where each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S-Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S-Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S-Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. 3667 or email them at advice at Have you ever had a fantasy that you were too embarrassed to tell your man about? If so, you're not alone. According to an article on clever.com, women tend to hide their freakier side because they are too ashamed to admit that they really want to do some freaky things in the sheets. So ladies, moment of truth, what's a fantasy? that you've been hiding from your man, but you're now going to tell all of YouTube. Okay. Make it make sense. That's what I was Make thinking. it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, let's go for it. Go for it. You got something? Why me first? Because I uh, feel like you, like, because you're currently single, yeah. you can share this kind of thing. And this I like to be dominated. This might... Yeah! Like I like to be choked. Like S&M? Yes. Like S&M, like great? No, 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 like that. Not like that. Oh. You're like, not too far. Not choked, too but far. not like... But not pass out. But not her. Say banana. Yeah. Say banana. When you want a little hair, hot apple. You have a safe word? No, I don't have a safe word. You do have a safe word. I don't have a safe word. If you had a safe word. Wait. Chanel. I like that one. Garcelle's safe word is Chanel. Okay, I have more questions to ask. When you watch Fifty Shades of Grey, yes. those vibes. That's too much. Okay. Oh, That's too much. Somewhere in between. Like, yeah, somewhere in between. Not oh. like You want a closet. Do you want a, like, Ooh, a, I'd like love a dungeon? Closet. Oh, my God. You like know who has closet. Um, oh, Jenny McCarthy has a I dungeon. Oh, I'm not she's surprised. She's talking about it, so I'm it's not, not like I'm saying anything. Jenny. That's hot. I'm not surprised at all. I would love that. That's yeah. super What about you, Lonnie? What would you like that you would be afraid to tell James or anybody else? Well... James, he's afraid to touch my hair, but I really be wanting him to snatch my wig off. Grab it. I am. Maybe snatching the wig is a little disturbing. Why don't you get it tacked in so that when he pulls, your head goes with it? No, but I want him to snatch it off. No. Because I got that. That's not sexy, honey. That is sexy. That's not sexy. 
Welcome back. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, everybody out there here, uh, Ashley made it be known, rub or scat while you're hitting it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this morning's discussion question, good relationships, bad sex, how can we fix it? I am your host, my story, Smith, a.k.a. Black Doc, please, along with Ashley Thomas, our special guest co-host, and our special guest is Angela Connor, as we hear the real go back and forth. And I was actually, you know, as a man, you know, we definitely want the sister to sign up for the domination and we get to act that out. Now, that's a role <laughs> a brother typically loves. Now, I ain't mad, at, I ain't mad at rubbing your scalp while I'm hitting. I'm cool with that. But snapping off a wig, that don't, nothing about that sounds sexy. I just got to keep it above. Like, that's like, I like, that might make me go down. I just snatched the wig off. Oh, I don't know. That's how I look at one day. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Angela. Matter of fact, Tennis, I'm going to let Tennis jump on this thing because we ain't let, I got him on hold the last segment. Tennis, your thoughts about hearing that cut and all the stuff we're talking about right now. Go ahead, brother. Well, you know, it was interesting that um, one of the ladies just mentioned it like they, they scalp um, massage while they're having sex. And that's one of, that's a, a pressure point is in the middle of your head. So it makes sense that you'd want that happen. It's very stimulating and, and relaxing at the same time. And so, you know, I, I can see, and I think that's one of the things I would suggest for uh, men to be able to learn those things, learn the different pressure points of the woman. And so you, you, won't, you won't be, things like sex toys won't bother you. You know, I think a lot of time we'll get so caught up with, you know, this competition and, you know, you're competing with this, these toys and all that stuff. But as, as, as it relates to you know, grabbing your hair and all that stuff. We are all different, and I think that's what we got to understand. We are all unique. Different people may like different things. You know, I, I know when I became sexually active, uh, the first thing I go for for a woman, usually her breasts, her nipples. And I've, after, the, you know, getting more experience, I realized there are women out there who don't have any sensitivity in their breasts, in their nipples. So, you really and truly have to find, learn that person. You know, just look at that as a, as a new slate and go for it. Now, I love it. Great information. We actually got another caller. All right, let's jump in and see what this caller has. Area code 609-3891. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and give us your three cents or question for our panel. Thank you for being with us. Good morning, Montoya. This is Marilyn. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Glad um, to have you back on the show, Queen. What you got for us? Thanks. Uh, that point that she just made about having her wig snatched off, this is going to be a, a little deterrent from our, our subject slightly. But a lot of women wear wigs and braids and weaves and all of that. And most men have this thing about really wanting to massage a woman's hair, to really feel her and those things are cumbersome and they, they feel artificial and a lot of men really don't like that. So my advice to women is if you tend to wear any of that to keep your hair well groomed and under that make it make it uh what's the word I'm talking about? I wanna say attractive, but make it is another word for it. Where men will will still be receptive to that. You know, just keep your hair well-groomed so when you take that off from being out in the world when you're home with him or with him, 
then he can really have all of you. He doesn't have to run into that because I think a lot of men go to other ethnicities because they don't have that, that issue. That's my three cents. No, I love your three cents. You know, I'll say as a man, um, yes, that, that yeah, in the event, cause I'm, I'm not as much as I can say, for the most part, I love natural hair. Again, and I haven't always been in that space. That's something that I grew into, to, to Ashley's point. We all become different or whatever. And part of that, you know, we've had these deeper conversations. Of, is, is the idea of love, learning to love ourselves even as African Americans. And so there's always this dilemma you know, whatever. And so, yes, I do love natural hair. However, knowing the American dilemma specifically for black women, I'm not opposed to, you know, women who do use weave and braid and things of that nature or whatever, you know, to a, to a degree. And that to that degree is to Marilyn's point. Even if you need to, it's still, still, I love that point, is still keep it taken care of in the event that you do those things. Again, that's more burden on the woman. And again, I'm not even calling it fair, but it is a reality. I think she's correct in the sense that, uh, you know, obviously outside of the man that only wants natural, clearly he's not going to mess with you if you do those things, but he put set those men aside and they're, they're more similar to me. I think sisters should be aware that that makes the sex better in the sense that, okay, yeah, you look this way to the world, but when we pull it off and I get all of you and want to touch your natural hair, keep that in order as well. Any thoughts, um, Angela, to, to Marilyn's suggestion um, to uh, give her, giving us her three cents this morning? Um, absolutely. I think, um, you know, that, that rawness that you just mentioned, that natural flavor, um, flair, men like to be have a woman vulnerable a lot of times, right? So even though that was a funny clip about snatching her wig off, I think there is a piece that when you're in that heat of that passion and you're your most vulnerable and raw, no wigs, no makeup, no lashes, no any of that, and I'm just me and you, it's such a heat and intensity with that sometimes that it makes you want to snatch that wig off, right? There is um, there is a heat and fire in sexuality. So depending on the the moment, it's a great thing to do, right? It's great to just be raw and uncensored in, in your sex with your partner. Well, I love it. And um, pulling tennis, that wig off is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. No, I can dig it. Let me jump to tennis as a man. Uh, what do you think of this advice from um, our caller, uh, Marilyn, as a brother? I want to hear your thoughts as well, Tennyson. Well, I think I share similar to you, Montoya. I love a woman who has who wears her natural hair. However, that's not, you know, that's not going to be the case all the time. But I, I like what the caller says because the caller is really she, – she, she's saying what a lot of men think. I mean, I hear men say that all the time. They love to be able to grab a woman's hair, massage a woman, doing all these different things. And if she just got her hair done or she has a, wig, a weave or a wig, you know, it's, it's, you just can't do that. And so I think those things, you, you really got to be careful, you know, as far as – a man, as a man, you know, I've heard women say it before. Hey, hey, don't don't be touching my hair now. <laughs> so, I agree with the caller, and not only that, nature. I mean, part of again, part of sex is enjoying nature, and you can't be out there in the rain enjoying having sex. You know, if it's drizzling or it's a it's just a nice summer night, and you have some drizzle coming, and she, you know, she has her weave or or got her hair done. Man, you just came on here and gave up my fantasy, man. That's my fantasy. I ain't never did it in the rain. I'm still trying to do it in the rain. Oh. 
Well, you got a lot to enjoy, my brother. I'm, I'm late to the game. Tennis to Carlo here. He's, he's, he's definitely proving Virgos no more than Scorpios. He know about the remote, the flashlight. He didn't did it in the rain already. Ashley, you just got it's to have about me. about going back to our, our humanness, our human side. Hey, hey, Ashley, you just got your hair did. What's up? What's up? What's up with doing it in the rain, Queen? Talk to me. You know, my elder came in and said, "Hey, but brothers, we you know we backing up. We say, hey, we love the natural stuff. We won't be able to do it in the rain. We won't be able to pull your hair. You just got your hair did. How that's gonna go for you, Queen? That's not gonna happen. But you know, like, I, I, it just depends on what the style is." But I kind of feel like when you're having these conversations, like, this should be part of the overall, like, is this something that you even enjoy so that you're finding that compatibility there? Because, like, part of it to me feels like, oh, the onus is on the woman to, like, maintain this. And I get it to a certain degree, like, a woman should take care of her hair because, like, that's your hair. You need to take care of it. Um, but there are people for different reasons that have different hairstyles. And, like, if that's going to be a reason why you're not going to fully enjoy sex because I have a weave or there's versatility in my hair, then there's, for me, there's an issue in the relationship because all of that is part of who I am. But, like, for me, sex in the rain is, is great as long as it's not cold. And, you know, you want to make sure it's like your hairstyle and your outfit accommodates what you're getting ready to do. So, so what if, everything else is good. The brother's a, 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 a gentleman. He's everything you want. And he just talked about every time he gets the hair done, he can't hit it like he wants to. That, that's an issue in the relationship. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm giving you the extreme to mess with you a little bit. But I'm just saying, like, Reason I think the reason Marilyn can bring this to the table is because, and Tennyson said it too, this is talked about all the time amongst men. Like, this is uh, y'all hair and sex. And that's fine. But, like, to me, I I don't feel like the the pleasure of a woman is prioritized enough for my hair to be an issue as to why um, we're having issues in our relationship, right? Like, that's just me. I, I don't think that it's that big of a deal because a woman that is versatile, like she's going to switch it up. It could be a fro. It could be braids. It could be twists. It could be any of those things. Again, I understand wanting to maintain your hair, but I don't think that that should be like, oh, well, I have to make sure I'm doing this because, again, like what if her having that hairstyle makes her feel empowered? What if that makes her feel more sexual than she normally does because, oh, look at how my hair is hanging or you know this that and the third so like it's competing again like it, it has to be this balance of about what he wants and it's not just about what she wants but like okay if you like pulling my hair and playing in my scalp then I need to make sure that there is time in the month for you to be able to do that but I'm not going to stop getting my hair done just to make sure that you can rub your fingers on my scalp uh, well, let me ask you this question then. I, I have, hey, let me do this. Let me do this because I, I gotta go to break. I gotta go to break. You can come out of the break with that question. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? 
Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. One visit to their website, LivyBlue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Jolivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at LivyBlue.com. That's L-I-B-I-B-L-U-E.com. In the 13th century, the Emperor Frederick II decided to conduct an experiment. He wanted to know what language children would speak on their own if no one ever taught them any. He assigned nurses to 50 babies, telling them to feed and bathe the children in absolute silence. No speaking, no eye contact, no lullabies or cuddles. So, what language did they speak? Frederick never found out. All of them died. To this day, it's well known that human beings suffer when they're deprived of love and touch. Even when they're taken care of in other ways, those deprived of affection grow sickly. Their physical and mental development is stunted, and in some cases, they even die. Consider the heart. Consider the things we do every day for connection and for love. People run into burning buildings and dive into frigid lakes for love. They move their homes, change their names, spend their fortunes, and step in front of bullets all in this passionate pursuit of the human heart, to love and be loved. This longing is so powerful that we will sometimes pursue any way of feeling connected, even when that involves nothing more than pornographic images on a screen. When the images end, of course, there is no one to talk with, no one to share with, and none of the give and take of being with another person. And despite claims that porn will make you a better lover, study after study confirms the opposite. Porn users express less love for their partners and become more critical of appearances and less able to perform sexually. Other studies found users more disrespectful and aggressive within intimacy and less willing to stick around in a relationship. Bottom line, pornography is a scientifically proven guide to being a bad lover in virtually every imaginable way. In addition to impacting who we love and how we see them, it changes how much we're able to actually express that love. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, good relationship, bad sex, how can we fix it? Our special guest is Angela Connor. Still got Brother Tennyson with the caller on the line. You can get in as well, 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. Definitely want to get into this pornography discussion, but I know Tennyson had a question uh, prior to the break. So, Tennyson, if you will, go ahead with that question, and then we'll start dialoguing about the introduction of pornography inside of our relationships. Go ahead, Kate. Well, the question, I have a question for the lady. And, you know, I get what the lady was saying about, you know, her hair, but I, I want to pose this question. Most women uh, enjoy shaving their legs. And if your mate says he's turned on by unshaved legs, would you go unshaved for for your mate sometimes? Yeah. But it comes down to that balance, right? Like sometimes, sometimes it feels like the onus is on women entirely when it comes to, like, 
oh, well, you know, like, you need to be a lady in the streets but a freak in the bed. And, like, there's all of these stipulations that come on women in terms of pleasuring men versus there being a balance and really appreciating that sometimes a lot of women do things because they enjoy them and it's not to please a man. Yeah, you're right about that. Angela, your answer to that question, then we'll get into the porno, porno, porno stuff as well. Um, wow, I think it's a vulnerability, right? I, I've heard both sides throughout the years how a lot of times it's the women that are, are the majority holders and being a freak in the bed like what um, Ashley was saying a second ago. But then they'll also decide where men think they're the ones that hold that in their relationships are holding that space. Like if they can't come through and bring it to their female every time, then they're not a man. So it depends on how you look at the, the spectrum, but it is definitely about the balance between the two and being vulnerable in this space. Right, 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 right. No, it makes sense. Yeah, and I, and I, and I love that question from Tennyson. I said they will jump into the, the cut. But just the question, because I think a lot of women, I loved your answer, Ashley. You was like, yeah, sometimes, because that spoke to your original point, Ashley, that, hey, the balance goes both ways, and that's a give and take. But that's definitely, um, you know, the idea of a lot of sisters who would never go unshaven based on what they've learned in their lives, you know, that kind of stuff. And like I say, to your point, the reason that you were saying, willing to say sometimes is because you are willing to give, do that give and take. And I, I think there's hardly no argument on that. And people should think about that either way, that even the thing that you love the most, you know, it, it could be hard to require it all the time because you may not be given that balance based on what your partner wants out of a relationship. But I definitely wanted to introduce the concept of, because I've always thought about doing a show on this in particular, but I wanted to at least bring this segment up, which is the idea of even introducing pornography uh, within a relationship, should you or should you not. And, I, and I've definitely heard of couples who, you know, enjoy using it as an added value. And, again, I'm not here to judge one way or the other. However, I was definitely um, intrigued by the, the studies that show to a degree over time, and I've definitely heard of this. Um, and, and, Angela, you mentioned this in the first hour, the idea of where we even learn the aspects of how to please and how a lot of the stuff that we see in pornography, if I could throw this out, is just wrong and not reality, or you can seek it to the extent that you're actually hurting your significant other and don't even know it when they mention that idea of being aggressive and easier to leave relationships because you're desiring these fantasy things that are made up that are not reality, and you're looking for it inside of your relationship, and it could be harmful. So I know I said a lot there, but if you will, Angela, just what is your take on introducing uh, pornography? And in my opinion, it, and, and what I'm hearing in that study, how it in itself could lead to bad sex inside of a relationship as well. Go ahead. Absolutely. So it just depends on what you're doing with it, right? It is a great way to see some curiosity, right? And there's many different types of porn, porn out there. There's a really soft porn that's hardcore. Um, but the fact that most people have to keep it in mind that it's entertainment, right? All of that stuff is staged and set up and things set up to make it look like this or do that, and real sex is not porn, right? You can't do all that stuff realistically, what you see on TV, but it's a good conversation starter. It can be used to arouse in a relationship. Um, it can be used to, like, oh, curiosity. Oh, that looks interesting. Or is it? does it make you curious about certain things? Or you guys want to try something that 
won't be the same as a porn movie, right? But it may may open it up for you guys to experiment together. So a lot of times couples will use it as a this is a tool, just like sex toys. It's a tool to get aroused and to open up that conversation about different things out there. Porn becomes something that people think is bad is when we hide it or it's obsessive where we think that's what real life is about. Because real sex is not porn. It's not when you start to think that that's what sex is going to be with your partner is when it starts to take that shift in your life. So it's definitely a great tool to use if you're both open to it. Sounds good. I'll tell you, I'll share this. So, well, uh, let's see. That's a little background. Let me see if I can get that out of here. All right. So um, I can share that. Like when I first came to Atlanta, I was trying to get into the music industry um, from the business side of things. Hold on one second. Somebody has some background. Let me see if I can mute you for a second and figure that out. All right, let's try this. I think, all right. So I remember I, was, I used to um, hustle DVDs and stuff on the side or whatever. And while I personally was never big into pornography, uh, there was a young man I saw. It. My, my, um, one of my friends had satellite, and then my grandfather eventually got satellite. So naturally, as a teenager, sometimes we would turn to that channel, even though you're not supposed to type thing or whatever. But I never just got into it, into it. And so when I was moving to DVDs, um, I would sell a lot of pornography because, again, a lot, that's a big industry, even though it really wasn't my cup of tea. So over the years, dibbled and dabbled, similar to what you said, Angela, where um, a couple times have used it as a, just very minimal in my relationships where, um, you know, say, hey, I saw this on there. Can we try it or whatever? And like you said, not thinking of it as reality. Um, so that's been most of my life. I'm in my late, uh, about, about to be 50 here, turn 49 this year. But through the pandemic, I didn't have a relationship. And so I explored some of them old DVDs or even found one of the um, – one of those, I guess, streaming channels. I don't know if it's not streaming channels, but a site where you could see some stuff for free. That, you know, not, I would, I never, like I said, I never been to the point where I wanted to pay for a subscription or anything like that. But it's one of the sites where you could see some, you know, a pretty decent amount for free. And um, so during the pandemic, I found myself actually exploring it, not in a relationship a little more. And, you know, obviously the pandemic is what, two years removed from it. And so I found some of what what you heard in the DVD was my own experience, which was because I started looking at it more, I found myself having to look at like like more in a sense soft porn to go into different levels to even be enticed by what I was watching. You know what I mean? I I, I experienced that within in a sense, the time during the pandemic where I started, like I said, exploring porn, even though it had never been my thing for most of my adult life. But as I was exploring it more, I realized I was having to watch like hardcore, hard, more, not hardcore, I never into the gory, not the gory stuff, but just more levels of it. And it, this is how it played out in my real life was what Ashley talked about. I was desensitized to actual sex for a minute and I had to remove it and stop it completely, and that came back for me. So that was something that I wasn't aware of, and I had that real-life experience. Um, any thoughts, uh, Angela and Ashley, on that? And Tennyson as well. Any thoughts? Is, uh, all of you, just give some quick thoughts and keep it moving. 
Uh, let me see. Go ahead. I'm going to ask you, John, because I had to. Uh, I was muting um, Angela for a second. I'm going to find that background there. So that's what I see. All right, Angela, go ahead and jump in real quick. I'm still trying to find that background noise. Oh, yeah. So um, I think anything we do too much can desensitize us, right? And I don't think we realize how much um, porn can do that. But, again, it depends on how you just make it in a balanced concept. You know, toys can be desensitizing as well for some women. So it's just about that balance. Um, And during the pandemic, a lot of people were isolated. So that became a bigger part that people used in their everyday life because they needed some type of connection. And that gave them that connection. in a different way, but absolutely, absolutely pulling back from things when you find yourself being desensitized is a is a must. Yeah, um, Ashley, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know, I agree. I think like porn is one of those things like you have to be careful around, and I think that there need to be honest conversations that people have specifically around porn, like completely separate from your preferences and likes and dislikes with sex, because. Um, That is something that, you know, can really skew your experience around sex because you expect sex to be like what you see in these finished videos and there are multiple takes that are going on um, and and it's just not like that and that might not be what your partner likes. Um, And so, you know, but I, I think it is helpful that it's something that, with the previous question with toys, like it's something that you should do individually and as a couple um, and not that it has to be something that you do frequently, but you should know like what your partner is watching, um, some of the things that turn them on and some of the, you know, like just, just interest because you can use that in other ways, not necessarily for porn, but for role playing and all of these other things to introduce um, part of what your partner likes into your experience with sex. Um, and and if there is some disconnect, you know, like it's also a means to communicate, like I want to try something like this or, you know, have you thought about this or, you know, like there, there are different ways um, to add it. And I think – I think that, like, women aren't honest enough about their experiences with porn with men, and I think that men are kind of ashamed to bring that to women, and it's just worth having a conversation around, especially if it's something that you enjoy doing, whether you include your partner or not. Well, makes sense. We're up against the break. We'll focus our last break. Still got tennis and rocking. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-781. 4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, 
Join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitts. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Hey, what's up, King? What you got for us this morning? Frank. Yes. Uh, very great topic. Um, I've been doing a lot of um, studying about this, and uh, as an African, I was born in Ghana, and um, I've been talking a, a lot about this particular topic. Um, you know, culturally, our girls in Africa are raised to think that sex is a bad thing. You know, in the beginning, just to prevent promiscuous lifestyle. So um, I've heard young girls say that even some of the women scare their girls to tell them it's a sin to have sex. So trying to control that appetite from a young at the beginning, when they grow up and and marry, uh, that freedom, that, you know, freedom to be able to relax, to have sex, is still a pain in the African community. Where... Mm. Most African men, I would say most African men that are married to African women are still having an affair outside with other cultures that expresses their sexuality more. So it's a problem. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, good relationships, Bad sex, how can we fix it? Our special guest is Angela Connor, the mistress of sexuality. And we have caller Tennyson on the line with us as well as we played a quick cut from one of our best of 2022 shows, Do I See Sex as a Chore? And that was one of our actual longtime members, Frank, called in on that show to express an aspect um, that could really be a show in itself. And it got briefly mentioned is the actual psychology behind how we see sex. And Angela, you actually, you know, kind of mentioned that and brought it up just real briefly. And I thought it was only right that even in the show, as much as we've talked about these different things and how we should be amenable to each other in our relationship, be willing to explore and sincerely ask, take our egos out. So for all of these suggestions, whether you want to consider toys or porno and all these different things, what we, you know, haven't really addressed is the ultimate psychology of even how we learn about sex. Obviously, on that show, we talked about, in a sense, men are encouraged to sow their wild oats. So to a, de- to a degree, in general, men typically don't have those issues with seeing sex in a negative way. But for a lot of, obviously, Frank was talking about specifically what he feels like still happens within his culture or whatever. But that's we, on that show, we talked about it's still very much a reality that, as you mentioned, Angela, that you only hear about it for birth control and for marriage. And so because you don't explore or even you hear of it in a negative way, it could play the biggest, mentally could play the biggest issue in why you do everything else as far as being a good husband or being a good wife, but your exploration or understanding or negative behind sex can be why there's bad sex within your relationship. So definitely, Angela, I want to hear your thoughts, and I'm going to go to Tennyson after you. Go ahead, Queen. Wow, it's it's such a deep topic when you think about the psychology of of, of our history, right? And I do agree with um, when he was talking about how the infidelity rate in in Ghana, right? But it's the same even in the South in America. 
overall, and I especially talk about the South because if we think about our history as African-American women and men, I mean, we went through slavery. We went through a, we have a huge trauma in our past that um, brutalized our sexuality. I mean, we were treated less than livestock, right? And our sexuality played a big part of that. So that trauma still exists in our relationships today that we don't really address. So then if you come up and think about the things we talked about, how infidelity goes, if you think about how we were treated and what men and women were used for, it it explains why we haven't really talked about sex in our in our communities because, I mean, it got us killed or it got us slaughtered. It got us, um, we were taken away from our families and that type of thing. So it's a huge traumatic experience in the black culture about sexuality, uh, which is why our grandparents and our great-grandparents taught us as women how to shield ourselves, to stay quiet, don't be... Um, don't be loud and boisterous. Don't try to, you know, to hide your sexuality. Um, so but when we get into a relationship, we don't know how to bring that sexuality back. We are taught from generation to generation to hide ourselves, right? So now we're in a, in a space in society now that we can be our true self. We can identify as what we want to identify as. We can um, explore things openly for the most part, but we haven't been taught how to do that, as I mentioned earlier. So teaching how to heal from our past and how to be a good partner for ourselves and our partners is where we are today, which is why we have these conversations that we're having. Um, but it's such a um, station, but it's something that can be corrected if we, if we all talk about it and move together, honestly and transparently. And transparently. So. Yeah, that's always our goal is here. Tennis, let me give you one last thought before I let you go, brother. Any thoughts on, on that? actual on this on that aspect of this conversation well i couldn't have said it better uh and to add to what the gentleman says you know to be honest with you i'm so glad i'm a male i mean the things that women have to go through i mean your man can go about and have sex with so many different partners and he's fine he's he's held up to a different standard and a woman if she does that she's called a, a, a whore and all these awful names and so I think one of the things we have to take away out of sex is, is religion, because a lot of us learn about sex and become sexually crippled by our religious beliefs. And sex, we all, we are, we all came about as a result of sex. And for some strange reason, along the line, we just lose that beautiful thinking of what, how, and, and just I don't know what happened to us. I don't know what happened. But even at, at an adult age, we seem to just lose that joy, that beautiful thing about sex, about enjoying this. And especially when it comes to women. I mean, she needs more sex than a man. I mean, like what? She, she, the woman is the only, she, she, the only organ in the, between the male and female, the, the clitoris. That's the only thing it's for, for sexual pleasure. So they create a new the importance of sex in our lives. I don't think there's anything more pleasurable than sex. And so we have to see it that way and just enjoy. Now, thank you for hanging out with us today. Um, Ashley, your thoughts to what we're talking about, because, uh, you know, in that commercial, uh, we'll talk briefly about it at the end, Making Money Matter Mondays, but you're always into the psychology of things, just like you are with money. And so I definitely am very interested in your thoughts to bringing that to this conversation 
the psychology and the trauma that plays a role. And we've talked about this where a lot of times you may be having an issue with your partner and you literally just have not explored the background to why that's issue. It could have been some type of abuse uh, or something in the past that they haven't brought forward. And if you get through it, you can greatly improve your sex, but you're just holding it against your partner because you haven't explored the psychology of their experience. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I just think that there there has to be curiosity around sex. Um, even when you like, when you realize you like something or you don't like something, just asking yourself why, having that curiosity around it um, allows you to better understand yourself so that you can explain and have those important conversations with your partner so that they know how to show up for you to the best of their ability. But, you know, it, it all comes down to curiosity and for men and women taking the ego out of it and just wondering, like, where that comes from, um, whether you like or dislike something. Uh, and and I agree with Tennyson, like, it, we're losing part of, like, the fun that comes with having um, consensual, responsible sex, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, absolutely. Again, I think this is an amazing conversation, but if you will, Angela, again, this is a space that you've been in for a long time, so if you will, um, let people know how they can follow what you do. Uh, if you have anything upcoming in relation to this, again, this is a space that you've been in for, as you said, 30 years, so definitely thank you for your thoughts. If you have a closing thought, please give it to us, but in, the, in addition to that, let people know how they can keep up with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So um, I think closing the connection is is the key. And we've been talking about communication throughout this whole conversation, but how do you start those conversations is what I do. How do we make that that connection is what I do as a uh, as a mentor and as an educator. I can be found on social media at the Wifey Life Tribe, um, my website, the Wifey Life. Um, my phone number, you can contact me, is uh, 404-902-8434. Um, I have some virtual workshops that are coming up that are for women to learn some of those things they want to learn starting in the spring, um, how to do certain things in the bedroom if they want to learn things, and how to pleasure themselves first. Men, I have a workshop coming up on med- medications and your arousal, how medications can impact your erections and how to get beyond that point as well as some workshops coming up with couples on how to improve your love languages in the bedroom. So I'm excited about the work that you're doing um, here, and I'm glad to be a part of your community. So thank you so much for everything. Now, thank you. Angela, if you will, you came out to the live experience and became a Black Level member. So if you will, highlight just real briefly your experience at the live experience. We got another one, February the 17th, the Mental Dialogue Live Experience. It's the smartest event in all of ATL. And it's an amazing date night for any couples out there listening. Come get intellectually stimulated and go to one of the wonderful restaurants literally a block away from the Black-owned coffee shop, Urban Grind, highlighting them. But if you will, Angela, just a quick thought on your experience. And, again, you decided to become a member of our club at the Black level. So I really appreciate that, Queen. Absolutely. It was a great organic place to be. Um, I think, as you always say, I just want you to think, right? And that's what you did in your event where it was a fun way for people to connect and think outside the box um, and support each other in a different way and get to know each other as a community. So I love what you're doing in the community that you're creating and just was glad to be a part of it. <clears throat> no, no, thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. If you're out there listening and want to keep Intelligent Radio on the air, also go to mentaldialogue.com and become a member. Support Intelligent Radio. Competing with all the big boys, if you will. Um, and if you're in Atlanta, go find out about the live experience every third Friday. With that said, we got about a little over a minute to go. Ashley, you are not only my intellectual uh, queen of intellect and holding me down on the show, but you are our partner in, uh, I'm your partner, if you will, in Making Money Matter Mondays. You got about a minute. Tell them about our Zoom private dialogue about money and mental health. Go ahead, Queen. Did I lose Ashley? Ashley, are you muted? You might be muted. Oh. <laughs> Every second Monday of the month, we have a free conversation on money and mental health. It is not just your money. The money is the simple part. That's just addition and subtraction. Um, What we are battling up against is those traumas, triggers, all of these different things that you have subconsciously, unaware, aware, learned about money, and really addressing those in a community forum so that we can talk through them with a psychiatrist and myself so that we are processing um, and working through all of those issues so that you have control of your money. Yep. Tell them how to contact you. You can contact myself or Ashley and Dean. send you the yes. link for Monday night. Go ahead, Queen www.makingmoneymatter.org, at Making Money Matter, LLC, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. <laughs>